Welcome to season two of the Stephanie Humphrey podcast. This season features our biblical teaching segment, Study With Me, where we read through portions of the Old and New Testament, and Sip and Say with Stephanie, where you hear Stephanie's perspective on social issues, world events, and whatever is on her mind. Join us on Anchor FM, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more on Thursdays at 10 p.m. Want to leave Stephanie a message? Go to our podcast on Anchor FM and click the message button, and you just might be featured on her podcast. Don't forget to like and share your favorite episodes. We look forward to engaging with you soon. Blessings. For those of you who are just joining, I want to say again to you, welcome to Sip and Say with Stephanie. We just reviewed the John Lewis Wright's Voting Act. And now I'm going to go into some other information that I wanted you to know. Y'all, this is Black History Month, so I didn't say it at the beginning of the broadcast, but happy Black History Month. I was going to do some Black History facts for you tonight, but I'm going to save that for next Thursday. Next Thursday is going to be all about Black History facts, okay? But there was some other information that... I wanted to share with you tonight, so I'm going to get into that right now. So, y'all, I don't know if you are aware, but the McMichaels are back on trial for hate crimes. Let me make sure I have that. Um, Yes, so Gregory McMichael and Travis McMichael and William Bryan, they are back on trial for federal hate crimes related to the killing of Ab- Ahmad Arbery, all right? So they are currently on trial for that. Their trial started this week. The judge on the case is expecting the trial to wrap up in about a week or so. And so I have not watched any of the trial. I'm not even sure if it's readily viewable because I haven't looked it up. I actually forgot that they were on trial, but I wanted to share that information with you tonight on Sip and Say. So they're currently on trial. Um, as you know, they received a sentence of life imprisonment for ki- for the killing of Ahmad Aubrey for Aubrey, excuse me, for killing him. They did receive life in prison. Um, was their sentencing, and so um, again, they are on trial for hate crimes that allege they violated Ahmad Aubrey's civil rights. Some of the allegations include racial slurs. And there was some written communication by way of text messages that was also shared. All right. So um, the text messages allegedly indicated how angry Travis met Michael was in particular against black and brown people. Um, So let me see if there's anything else. Oh, the attorneys for the McMichaels and for Brian, they acknowledged that their clients had made racially offensive marks, but they urged jurors to decide the hate crimes case based on facts rather than the raw emotions, such words may stir. I'm going to leave that there. (laughs) I'm going to leave that right there and I'm going to move on. 
Because if somebody calls you a name that is not your name and it is meant to degrade you, to um, make you consider that you're less than a human being, if it's meant to harm you, if it's hatred, uh, a word of hatred, a word of discrimination, then of course it's going to stir some emotions. And, and I don't care if you're what your position or what your financial status is. If somebody calls you, if you're a black or a brown person and somebody calls you the N-word once, twice, or 10 times, it's definitely gonna stir some emotions. Now, and, and this is known, this this is known, this is nothing new, which is why I'm sure the McMichaels and the Bryan attorney said this. Be, mm. So yeah, so I'm gonna, cause and you know, I, I've never been called the N-word that I can remember. Um, I have been discriminated against by my teachers when I was in first grade and when I was in fifth grade. I remember it very, very clearly. I was discriminated against. I was, they were racist. I'm going to just say how it was. They were racist. I don't remember what my first grade teacher looked like, but I remember very clearly what that fifth grade teacher looked like. I don't remember their names, but I remember being discriminated against because of this right here, um, it's this brown skin. And so, again, racism, discrimination, it does stir up emotions. If you've never experienced discrimination or racism, you won't understand what that feels like. White people will never understand the harm that the N-word has caused our ancestors and that still causes our um, community today. They will never, ever be able to understand the pain, the hurt that is behind that word. I don't even fully understand the pain and the hurt behind that word. I've heard my, um, my grandfather talk about it, but because I've never been called that repeatedly, I don't fully understand the pain behind that word. I don't fully, I don't, I don't have the full experience of that pain because I did not grow up in a time where that's what you were called in, 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 like all the time. And again, I've never been called that word to my face. Um, I don't know what would happen if I am ever called that to my face. I can't even say what I, I might say or might do. I have no idea, but I, I do not fully understand the pain behind that word. And so I find it very interesting that the attorney said that because I think that while he doesn't understand it and he can never relate to it, I think he, he knows enough about it and how it does stir up emotions in our people to tell the juror don't allow the emotions that these words stir up don't allow that to influence you well the McMichaels and brian apparently allegedly allowed it to influence their hate towards brown and black people and towards ahmaud Arbery in particular which is why they chased him down gunned him down killed him Moving right along, <laughs> moving right along. I wanted to share this information with you because I don't know if you know about this. I heard about it on the news this morning. Oftentimes I don't turn on the news when I'm getting ready for work, but these last, this I think these last like two weeks, 
almost every single day I've turned on the news mainly to listen to the weather but I also have been wanting to know what's going on in our world just just in general so I heard this I was actually in my bathroom doing whatever it was I was doing I don't know exactly but I was in my bathroom when I heard this and I immediately because I turned up the, the volume on the TV loud enough for me to hear it in the in the back room in the bathroom so I immediately came out and I listened like I stood there for a few minutes and I listened to the report I listened to this young man speaking and I also listened to his mom and I actually watched the video but if you haven't heard about it there is a young man I wrote his name on this page yep Zaki I'm hoping I'm pronouncing your name correctly but Zaki Hussan he is age 14 he and another teenager who was said to be 17 I don't have his name um, Zacchaeus Black, the other um, team was white. They got into a fight at a mall in New Jersey. Let's see if I wrote down the mall. It was in Bridgewater. I did not write the, the name of the mall down. But in the video, I, I encourage you to go back and watch the video for yourself if you haven't seen it already. But in the video, you can clearly see Zaki and this other team, they are like face to face, like they are face to face. And they are exchanging words. I did not hear clearly what the words were, but they were exchanging words. Um, so there was some finger pointing and then the two got into an actual fight. Um, there were some punches thrown, some bodies were moving, and this was all being recorded by, you know, bystanders at the mall. So what happened was this, uh, the white teen was said to have been bullying uh, a younger teen that, and Zaiki came to the younger teen's rescue. He came to his rescue. So this is what the teen said himself. And I heard him say this when I was listening to the report this morning. This is what Zaki says. They basically tackled me to the ground. Oh, I didn't tell you. So this is what happened. Someone called the police. I, I didn't give you the rest of the story, right? So this scuffle is happening. Someone has already called the police to, um, let me make sure, to Bridgewater, let me make sure Bridgewater police officers. Yes. Two police officers came. They were both white, one male, one female. They came. They broke up the fight. The male police officer put Zaki to the ground, put his knee on his back. This is me seeing the video for myself, and he proceeds to handcuff him. While this is happening, the, the female white officer, she's telling the white teen to sit down on a couch. After he sits down on the couch, she turns her back to him, goes to the black teen, Zaikihi, who was on the ground with the, the, with the white police officer's knee on his back. She proceeds to put her knee on his upper back as this officer handcuffs him. Or handcuffs him, excuse me. Only Zaiki was handcuffed. The white teen was allowed to sit on a couch while they had Zaiki face down on the dirty mall floor with their knees in his back and he was being handcuffed. Zaki was 14, like I already said, the other teen was said to be 17 years old. The other, Zaki was really thin, y'all. He was a very thin young man, He or he is a very thin young man. The other teen was a little bulky. You know, he wasn't law, but he was, I mean, he had a little weight on him. So why they decided to handcuff Zaki and allow the white team to sit down 
It was racially motivated. Y'all can say what y'all want to. I believe that it was racially motivated. They are fighting each other. <laughs> they are in a fight with each other, but the white teen is, is told to sit down on a couch while the black teen is immediately pushed face down on the floor, knees and neck and knees, excuse me, not in neck, but knees and back and handcuffed. You either should have, the police officers either should have handcuffed both of them or they should have sit, told both of them to sit down. You sit down on this side with one of the officers with him. You sit down on this side with the other officer with them. You can't tell me that this was not racially motivated. They took, they handcuffed this black child, y'all, and let that white teen sit on the dog on couch. They didn't handcuff him. The white female officer turned her back to him. He could have took off and ran if he wanted to. And I'm pretty sure they would not have chased him because they quote unquote had who they wanted. They had the black teen. It was racially motivated. Yes, it was. So this is what Zaki says. He says, they basically tackled me to the ground and the male officer put his knee in my back and he started putting me in cuffs. Then the female officer put her knee on my upper back and started helping put cuffs on me. And he, and in parentheses, the white youth, was sitting down on the couch watching the whole thing. Now, what kind of message did these police officers send to this young black teenager, Zaki, and what message did they send to this white teen sitting on the doggone couch? Why um, Zaki face down on a dirty mall floor. What kind of message are you sending? Ooh, I'm glad I don't have kids, y'all. Oh, my Lord. I'm glad I don't have children. Because I, I can only imagine what kind of parent I would be. And I'm going to just leave that there. I'm, I, and so his mom did, you know, she she said a few things. I don't think I, I wrote down or typed in what she said, but she was very upset that this incident happened. Let me also share this about what Zaki said. When he was asked about being restrained, this is what he said. I was like calm because I knew not to be scared. Just stay calm and not move and do what they tell me to do. Every parent, you guys have heard me say this before, every black parent has to have a talk with their black children, both male and female, about how to conduct themselves in the presence of a police officer. Whether it's driving while black, in the mall by black, running by black, we are taught to, or our parents taught us how to conduct ourselves when we are in the presence of a police officer. I can almost guarantee you that not one white parent, even if it was a white parent, few, either none or few white parents have had that talk or have had to have, let me say it like this, no white parents have had to have this talk with their white children, none of them. If they had the talk, it's because they decided to do it, but not because they had to do it. Black parents have to have this talk with their black and brown children because we have a history of being lynched, of being murdered in this country. And the people who have murdered us, white moms, police officers, do so with very little to no repercussions. So it has been acceptable. I'm glad I don't have kids. That's all I have to I am so thankful that I don't have children. And, and, and Zaki, we are praying for you. 
Um, we are thoughts again and prayers are with you. We pray that you get the justice that you so rightly deserve um, because of this incident. As of this morning, those police officers were still working. They were not put on administrative leave. Perhaps by now they have been put on administrative leave. I do not know because I did not get an update on the case before this broadcast. Um, if I do see an update, I will add it to the description so that we can see if Bridgeport, or not Bridgeport, but Bridgewater, um, if, if their police offices um, decided to take some action against, the, against these police officers. If I get that information, I'll add it to the description. I also want to add that in a statement, Bridgewater Police said, we recognize that this video has made members of our community upset and are calling for an internal affairs investigation. Amen on that. There should be an internal affairs investigation. And yes, we are not upset. No, I don't live in New Jersey, but I'm part of the black community and it did make me upset. The officers were able to respond quickly to this incident and stop it from escalating because of a tip we received from the community. We have requested that the Somerset County Prosecutor's Office assist us in this matter. Sometimes the police get on my nerves. I'm gonna just, this is sip and say with Stephanie, I'm gonna say it how I feel it. Sometimes the police and the and, and leaders of the police departments and spokespersons for the police department, sometimes they get on my doggone nerves. I don't know why they put out this statement. I would have rather for them not to have said anything at all than to put out a statement like this. The video clearly, like whoever videoed it, it is very clear the set of events that happened with the two teens, again, in each other's face, and when um, Zaki was handcuffed, now the video did not show what happened after those two police officers put their knees on his back and handcuffed them. We don't have that video, or at least I didn't see a video or a portion of the video that showed what happened. I don't know if they took him off to jail. I don't know if they eventually uncuffed him. That part I do not have. If y'all have that information, add it to the chat, add it to the comment section. And again, I will add updates to the description. Anywho, the family of Zaki has retained the services of attorney Ben Krupp, and I'm glad that they did. Before I read attorney Ben Krupp's statement, let me read this to you. In this statement, Governor Murphy, I had his name down. I'm going to look it up really quickly because I want to get his name um, because uh, I didn't I didn't write it down. I was looking at Phil Murphy. That's his name. So Governor Phil Murphy, this is what he said. He's the governor of New Jersey where the incident took place. In his statement, Murphy said, although an investigation is still gathering the facts about this incident, I'm deeply disturbed. And I did hear them hear him say this for myself. I'm deeply disturbed by what appears to be racially disparate treatment in this video. Yes, yes, it is. And yes, it was. We're committed to increasing trust between law enforcement and the people they serve. I appreciate his statement. I don't know anything about um, Phil Murphy, Governor Phil Murphy. I don't know his history, but I appreciate this statement. And I hope that these police officers are held accountable for the actions that they took against Zaki because it was uncalled for and unnecessary. 
Attorney Benjamin Crump, or Attorney Ben Crump, this is what he said as it relates to Zaki. Zaki, an eighth grader, was noble to defend his friend from bullies. However, it is evident officers immediately assumed that because of the color of Zaki's skin, him acting nobly was not even in the realm of possibility. That video says it all. Attorney Ben Crump goes on to say Zaki was no more a threat to those officers than the white team who fought with him. This is another example of the kind of racial bias that we need to root out of our system of policing. These officers need to be reprimanded and retrained, retrained to overcome the implicit bias, bias I'm about to say biases, but bias that results in unequal and often dangerous treatment of black people. That is a statement by attorney Ben Crump. I found that statement on NBC.news, excuse me, NBCnews.com. And there is also a statement that attorney Ben Crump put out on his Twitter page. I did not get an opportunity to read it, but I'm pretty sure these words are also in the statement that he put out on his Twitter page. So you all, another incident of a black person, a black young man being racially profiled, being discriminated against. I'm going to be watching this closely. If I have an update next week for Sip and Say with Stephanie, I will definitely share that information with you. All right. So I am actually reading a chat um, that my mom added. She asked me that I hear about what happened in the Lawrence Township School um, concerning an art project. If I'm not mistaken, my mom is referring to the um, referring to where the student body actually had a black fist, black power, black pride fist painted on a rock on school grounds. Mom, if you are referring to that incident, yes, I did hear about it. It was beautiful. Whoever painted um, the, the rock, it was the fist and it had some colors surrounding it. it I don't remember. It could have been like the red, black and green, with which, which is synonymous with Black History Month and Black Pride. Um, and it had some words to it that I can't remember because I just saw it briefly. And so the um, there were some parents, and I'm pretty sure other community members that did not like this Black Power Fist because they um, equated to Black Lives Matter. And so they didn't think it was appropriate to have this display of Black pride and Black history on the school grounds. The school um, community, um, uh, or the school administration found that it was okay and it will remain for the remainder of black history. That um, symbol of, again, black pride and black history, it will remain for the duration of black history. So if that's the incident you're referring to, then definitely I, I, I heard it. I didn't read about it, but I did hear it on the news. This symbol, it, even though Black Lives Matter may use this symbol, it did not originate with black, the Black Lives Matter movement. People in the 60s and the 70s were doing the Black Power movement, Black Lives Matter is uh, I don't know when the organization was started, but I know it was recently, like over the last 10 years, it was recently, last 10 years or so, um, that the Black Lives Matter movement um, 
was established. Black Power Fist has been happening for years. I don't know who um, originated the Black Power sign, but I use it in Black Power. Um, I don't, I'm going to do it again because I feel like it and this is my show. I don't know who originated. If I find out, I'll put it in the, in the description. But again, we've been using that for years prior to Black Lives Matter. I think the community just wanted to have something to use against these students who decided they wanted to again show their pride by adding this fist. Um, and the school administration, they did mention that the student body, I don't know, the, the, the news um, did say which student body, but I don't know, but there was a particular student body within the school community um, that came together. So this was a student-led display of black pride. And so school administration, you know, they allowed them to do that. And so great for them. I wanted to share just a few more things with you all um, before we wrap up for tonight. I want to share this, you all. I don't know if you've heard this story. I first heard this story a few weeks ago on Roland Martin Unfiltered. You all, Roland Martin gives some really good information about what's going on in our world and in uh, the Black community as well. Um, this is not like a, a, a um, I'm not like endorsing his his platform, but I do watch his platform and I do find his information to be very useful because a lot of the information and a lot, a lot of the news that Roland Martin um, uh, shares with us or gives us on his channels, Black Star Network and Black uh, Roland Martin Unfiltered, white news media, they don't share this information oftentimes. So he gives us the news that are that is relevant to our community. He also supports black owned businesses and he features them on his broadcast. So check him out. Um, if you don't like it, you don't have to stick with it, but I just encourage you to check it out for information that you can use and be educated about. So I first again heard this story there. Peter Bernardo Spencer was an, a black Jamaican. He was killed in Pittsburgh. He was shot multiple times on December 12th of 2021. There were four people that were with him on a camping trip at the time of this incident happening. All of those people, those four individuals, they were questioned and they were released. Peter Bernardo Spencer was the only black person on this camping trip. It is said that he was shot about nine times and it appears that all the shots were in his back. But the people that were with him at the time of the incident they were questioned and released. I did not read any reports about, I, don't, I didn't read any reports and I don't even know if any reports have been released um, concerning the questioning of these four individuals and what the outcome, well, we know the outcome they were released, but the outcome as far as the police investigation of this um, incident. I don't know about that. If I get that information, I'll definitely share it with you um, at ne the next sip and say. But I just find it odd that all four of those individuals were there. They were questioned and detained. So I don't know exactly what happened. I don't know any about what happened except for he was killed while he was on a camping trip with these four other white folks. 
So we don't know what happened, or at least I don't know what happened. If you have the information, if you have the link that you can share with me so I can do some research, definitely put it in the chat. Go ahead and add it to the add it to the comment section, excuse me, so that I can have that information and be able to share it with you. Okay? All right. So I wanted to give that to you in case you didn't know. Another black man killed, and right now we don't have any arrest or anybody. Um, that is being held accountable for his killing. I, I think by now you have probably heard about Amir Locke. Um, this happened um, a few weeks ago, but I definitely wanted to share this with you. It, it happened in Minneapolis in the same state where Breonna Taylor was killed. There was a no-not warrant being served, and even though Amir Locke was not the was not listed on this no not warrant, he was killed. He was actually at a friend's home, or I can't remember if it was a family member or a friend's home, but the friend of the home of a loved one, he was actually sleeping on the couch. He was wrapped up in a blanket when the police um, used a key, I don't know where they got this key from, but used a key to get into this apartment. Um, and they killed him. They killed him. Um, the news media is quick to say Amir Locke had a gun in his hand. Well, he had a right to have a gun because the Second Amendment said that we have a right to bear arms. Not only that, Amir Locke was licensed to carry to have a gun, um, and also he had a concealed weapon license. So he was licensed to carry this weapon. And for those of you who don't know. You can have a license to carry a gun, but you have to have, um, if you want to carry a concealed weapon, you have to get a separate license for that. And it's a little bit more money and you have to take a training in order to get a concealed weapons license. How do I know? So anyway, he did have a gun in his hand, but as taught, he had his, he didn't have his, his finger on the trigger. He had his, his finger, his pointer finger on the barrel of the gun as is taught. Um, um, so anyway, the news media is quick to say that. So yeah, he did have police coming in your house in the middle. Of, well, it wasn't his house, but police are entering the place where you're staying, where you're sleeping, or if it's, it is your house, your house, your place of residence, they coming in, yelling commands, middle of the night. They don't identify themselves. Yeah, I'm about to get my gun out. What is you talking about? Like any gun carrying person is going to grab their gun if somebody busted in your place of, of residence in the middle of the doggone night. Or in the daytime, in this particular place, it was in the middle of the night. Yes, I got my, my yes, I got my gun now. What is you So he's immediately killed, y'all. He's waking up, y'all. Like if you're yelling, if I got 10 people, even two people yelling commands at me when I'm trying to wake up, I don't know what's going on. I'm not fully coherent enough to even understand what you're saying. So yes, I'm grabbing my gun, you busting up me. And so they killed him, y'all. He was killed. I, 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 the killing of black people is so ridiculous. I mean, I mean just without thought, like you couldn't, give this boy a second to understand what was being said to him before you kill him and i know that people will argue well he had a gun in his hand well doggone it the police had guns in their hands pointed to him with their finger on the doggone trigger yes he had a right to have his gun in his hand again his finger was on the barrel not on the trigger so why are you shooting and killing he's dead y'all a mere lot they've already had his funeral um 
Reverend um, Sharpton preached at his funeral, and I'm just like, I'm. It's just like, when, Lord, when are we going to be done with black people being killed? I don't know. I did not have an update, y'all. I'm giving y'all all this news without any updates, right? But I'll add the update for next week. Sip and say with Stephanie. I don't know what has happened with this these police officers, and in particular with the police officer who actually killed Amir Locke. I don't know what has happened to him. Let me make sure I didn't write it down. I didn't write it down, so I don't know what has happened to these police officers, but I'll either add it to the description or share it with you at the Sip and Say for next week, or I might do both. I'll just have a Sip and Say with Stephanie updates, and then I'll do my Black History. But I just, I'm, 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 I'm so, I mean, I just, like to the point where I just, I'm just wanting to throw something, hit something. So sick of hearing news reports that our black young men are being killed by police officers, by citizens. He was 22 years old, y'all, waking up from his sleep with some police barging in his. I think no, not warrant warrants need to be banned. They why do you have no not warrants? I, I do I do know why they have it, but still, why do you have it? The reason why no not warrants are in existence is um, they're used when police are going into a dangerous situation and in it, it is supposed to serve as a way to keep whoever the um, individuals that they're looking for, it's a way to keep them from you know, hiding drugs, in particular, it was for drugs, hiding drugs or, you know, dumping them down the, the toilet or whatever. It, the no not warrant, warrants were initially, uh, was, or let me say it right, let me, let me relax. The no not warrants were initiated in particular for drug busts to keep those drug dealers and other individuals from getting rid of the drugs and, and possible weapons and other, you know, um, items that they may have had. Um, um, as a result of this no not warrant, but no not warrants should be should be banned. I, that's just the way I feel about it. they should be banned. It was the same type of no not warrant that that caused Brianna Taylor to be killed while she was in her bed. And I said, I want it to be clear. I know I said it, but I'm gonna say it again. Amir Locke was not the target of the investigation. He just happened to be a black man laying on his the friends or his family members' couch, and he was he was murdered. Brianna Taylor was also killed because of a no as a result of a no not warrant. They entered her apartment. Her boyfriend um, did have a gun. I can't remember if he was licensed to carry or not, but she was killed. She was murdered in her sleep because of a no not warrant. And do y'all know that Officer Brent Brett, excuse me, Brett Hackinson, he is he faces charges for his role in Breonna Taylor's murder. He is, um, he'll be serving, or not serving time, but he will be on trial for his role in Breonna Taylor's murder. But get this, y'all. He's not on trial for, for killing her. Like nobody, I said nobody, no, nobody has been held accountable for Breonna Taylor's murder. No, not one. Not one police officer has been held accountable for putting bullets into Breonna Taylor's body. However, Officer Brett 
I shouldn't even put officer in front of his name, but Brett Hackinson is charged with three counts of wanton endangerment for firing into a neighboring apartment while serving a no-knock warrant at Breonna Taylor's apartment on March 13, 2020. If you remember the reports, there were bullets fired and some of them ricocheted and they got into, you know, there were, they were uh, ricocheted or were shot into um, the apartments of other um, persons that lived there. So Brett Hackinson is on charge for those bullets that went into other people's apartments or ricocheted off the wall into other people's apartments. He's on trial for that. How stupid is that? I mean, I'm just going to say how I feel it. This is Sip and Say with Stephanie. How stupid is it to charge him for a wanton endangerment for firing into a neighboring apartment? Not for killing Breonna Taylor. And I don't, I do not know if he is the officer that actually pulled the trigger to kill her. I'm about to look it up though. Yes, I am. I'm about to look it up. So I can tell you right here in real time. But again, nobody has been held accountable for killing Breonna Taylor. But he, but this Brett is facing charges for firing into a neighboring apartment. So he was fired in June 2020. I'm I'm a, I'm a look I'm gonna stay right here and I'm gonna find it. So um so these were the white officers involved in serving the no not warrant. Jonathan Mattinglin Brett Hackinson and Miles Cosgrove of the Louisville Metro Police Department. They were the ones who were serving this no-knock warrant. I want to tell you all what um, the Kentucky, oh, this was in Kentucky, not Minneapolis. I apologize, y'all. I got my states wrong. I apologize for that. Amir Lots did happen in Minneapolis. Um, Yep, in Louisville, Kentucky. I apologize for that. I did say that wrong. But the Kentucky Attorney General Daniel Cameron said, and I quote, Brianna's Taylor, excuse me, Brianna's death was, the quote is tragic. He deemed her death tragic. That was the quote. That was That's what he said. But officers were justified in deciding to shoot. When I was looking over this case, 
and um, I was looking over Amir Locke's case. It first for some reason Just Mercy came to mind. If you all know or have seen the movie Just Mercy or have read the book by Brian Stevenson, he is an attorney who seeks justice for all individuals, in particular those individuals who are on death row. And so Just Mercy takes you on his journey um, with, with one of his first cases with Walter McMillan, who was accused of killing, or excuse me, accused of killing, yes, um, a white woman. Uh, her name was Rhonda Morrison, she was 18, but I can't remember, I think this happened in Virginia, if I'm not mistaken. This happened in, in Alabama. I'm excuse, excuse me, I've got that all wrong, y'all. I don't know why I say I'm getting all my states wrong tonight, y'all. But this happened in Monroeville, Alabama. He was accused of killing um, Rhonda Morrison, um, who was 18 years old. He was actually with his family at the time indicated uh or the time her death is indicated he was actually with his family none of the witnesses were, were none of his family were, were called to testify um anyway he was convicted he was actually put on death row without a trial so um attorney brian stevenson caught you know he was given his case he takes it to court and he does um he was able to um present a case that caused walter mcmillan to become free and um, it, it puts me in a mind of that case because there was a viable suspect in the killing of Rhonda Morrison, but the police never did question that suspect. They never brought that suspect in for questioning. The articles that I read, I don't remember it indicating that he was white, but I'm pretty sure that person that was a likely killer of Rhonda Morrison. I'm pretty sure he was white, but they never brought him in for questioning. This is Black History Month, and I'm having to give you reports about Black people being killed. We should never be killed, whether it's Black History Month or not. In my house, every day is Black History Month. It's Black History Month 24-7, 365, every second, every minute, every... Um, hour every day, every um, week, every month, every year, every decade, every century, every bicentennial is black history in my, uh, in my home, in my life, in my family's lives. But man, I'm telling you, I, I'm, I, again, I am so sick and tired of our black children, our black young people, our black community being killed. It's, I mean, it's just like, I know this has been going on for centuries. When, doggone it, when is it going to stop? Qualified immunity needs to be, the Supreme Court wants to strike down Section 5 or parts of Section 5 of the Voting Rights Act. What they need to do is get rid of qualified immunity so that these police officers can be held accountable for their actions. Because right now, any civil cases that are filed against them, the that community, that city, that state, that, excuse me, that city, that county, they pay for it. Your tax dollars are paying for these police officers when civil cases, when civil cases are brought to trial and the families win, your tax 
taxpayers money is paying for these police officers to get off, to be, to just freely roam, um, roam in their community, do what they're doing. They don't have to pay anything. I'm, I'm assuming they're paying taxes too, but they're not paying their fair share in killing our brown and black people. Take away qualified immunity so these doggone police officers can be held account accountable for killing our brown and black young people and adults. Let them feel it. Let them feel it in their wallet and I guarantee they will take a second Thoughts. They will take a minute more, a few seconds more, before they pull the trigger and kill our children and kill um, our the adults in our community. I promise you, hit them in their wallets and they'll 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 think twice about it. But see, right now they're not being they're not being held accountable in the law. They're not being held accountable in their precinct, and they're certainly not being held accountable when civil cases are brought before a jury or brought, excuse me, before a judge. They're not being held accountable. So hey, look, I'm gonna keep I'm gonna keep killing. I'm not gonna have to pay for it. So why you know why not is what I think the thought processes is of these police officers. They know they're not gonna be held accountable. So what the heck? Kill some black and brown people? What the heck? Nothing's going to be done to me. I'm not going to go to trial because why? The killing is going to be deemed justified. Y'all, I'm done. <laughs> oh, I am done. I'm just, y'all can hear. I'm, it, it, it. Enough is enough. Like, enough is enough. Supreme Court justice needs to strike down. They, uh, I can't remember what year it was, but it was recently that the Supreme Court Justice of the United States of America upheld qualified immunity, which parts of it says police officers, basically, they don't have to be held accountable for killing folks. I'm going to read a few things in the chat just to see if I need to answer any questions or clarify anything. Okay, so my mom said she was not um, referring to the, the picture of the black fist. So I did. So that was some information you can share. Uh, you can go look it up for yourself. I, I'm not really able to look at my text messages right now because I am broadcasting on my phone. So what I'll do is I'll look at that news story and I will share that information with you at next week's Sip and Say, okay? So next week's Sip and Say is going to include updates from news reports of tonight's Sip and Say. And I'm also going to be sharing some Black history facts with you, y'all. I might even do a Black history trivia for you to answer in the chat or in the comments. So we might have a little bit of fun. Like this, this Sip and Say with Stephanie was a little bit rough. We're going to have a little fun um, next week at Sip and Say. I didn't even get into the crisis at the Ukraine border with Russia. I didn't even get into any of that. I may get into it next Thursday. This just depends on how I'm feeling. We'll see. I'm, I'm trying to keep a Black history focused this month, but we'll see what happens. So again, join me next Thursday at 6.30 p.m., for sip and say with Stephanie. I'm gonna take another sip before I go. Woo. For those of you who are just tuning in, I did open up and sip my she can, the rose she can. It actually is tasting better than it tasted when I first sipped it. When I first sipped it, I was just like, hmm, but it's actually tasting a little bit better than I've gotten a few sips in me. 
Y'all don't say it's the alcohol talking. Blame it on the a- 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 alcohol. Y'all don't say it's the alcohol talking. It just is what it is. It's not a lot of alcohol in it. It's like 12.5% by volume. So anyway, join me next week. Y'all don't be saying, Stephanie, yeah, yeah, you know you're not right. You know you're up here sipping a little bit of alcohol. A little alcohol is good for the stomach. That's what the Bible say, and I'm sticking with it. <laughs> I'm sticking with it. So anyway, y'all. Next week, I'll have another flavor of She Can. I have the Island Citrus and the, uh, it's something pink. I don't remember what it is, but I will have one of those. So I'm going to open it with you um, next Thursday and I'll sip it with you and we'll see how it's tasting. Y'all forgot to tell me what y'all were sipping on tonight. Y'all can go ahead and add it to the chat before I leave. Um... And I'm doing, I'm just rambling right now like my mama do. I'm rambling like my mama. I'll see you all next Thursday at 6.30 p.m. for updates about our news reports tonight and for Black History Month information and possibly a trivia. Y'all take care. Y'all be blessed. And I'll see you next time.